Hello and welcome back to So How Do You, the podcast that's your little black book for interiors. I'm your host, Laura Jackson, and I'm going to be speaking to two guests in every episode who will give you both design inspiration and practical know-how. Now, when it comes to bathrooms, deciding the style, the layout and coordinating all of the working parts can be really overwhelming, but I promise... My guests today are going to help us with all of the above so that you're one step closer to slipping into a relaxing bubble bath. In this first episode of season two, I'm going to be chatting to interior designer Kay Westmus and Negi, who owns a popular interiors account, Negi at Home, a page that's documented the budget renovation of her 120-year-old Victorian house, which included ripping out the bathroom and starting afresh. Now, I've linked all of the guest social pages in the show notes for you to take a look as and when you wish. Right, let's get started with Kay. Before we get into the podcast this week, I wanted to tell you about my wonderful sponsor, Wix, who you will hear more about over the series. I feel like they are the perfect fit, offering ideas and advice for making improvements to your home from helping to save energy, something I know we are all thinking about, to making small changes that make a big difference. Did you know that 25% of your home's heat is lost through a poorly insulated roof? Or that by switching to LED bulbs, you can save more money on your energy bills and help the planet at the same time? Now, I know that some of these jobs vary in ability and can sound scary, but with Wix, they guide you every step of the way. So rather than breaking the bank on a full refurb, focus on the smaller, more manageable jobs, like repainting your skirting boards for that bold statement rather than painting an entire room. Paint is the ideal place to start for a quick and easy transformation. Refreshing those tired, scuffed walls will reinvigorate your home while adding colour and bring a new level of style. Or maybe if you're feeling a bit adventurous, then you could towel your fireplace for a really cost-effective way to transform a room and create a focal point. Now, if that's sounding like too much, start small, build up your skills. You can really achieve great results with small tweaks, such as just changing your door handles. You don't have to swap out the whole kitchen sink, but those bathroom taps might be in need of replacing. Follow along as we cover this and so much more in this series. For more information on how to get started, visit wix.co.uk. Kay Westmus has designed some really, truly beautiful bathrooms, all of which have maintained the utmost practicality without compromising on design. So I'm excited to dive into how she approaches a brief, her favorite materials to use, her top tips on saving space, we all need those, and where she sources unique fixtures and fittings. So, Kay, how do you approach a bathroom design in regards to the style? So, in terms of style, it really depends on the client's brief, to honestly. Um, so, at the start of each project, I have a really detailed brief of what the client wants. So, like, such as what do they need, for example, like if it's a bath or a shower, an ensuite, for example, a client might want a bath and a shower. So they they want like lots of things in one room. And then I then work out sort of like materials, if it's going to be a practical bathroom, such as do they want porcelain instead of marble because they don't want the maintenance. And then the style sort of works out from there. So like, you know, they might say, I really love figurative marble, but I don't want to use, you know, like bleach or anything on it. So then I'm like, well, that's not going to work. So then I I then adapt the style to how the brief has been answered. So, yeah, is it like thinking about the functionality of the room 
who's using it and then in your budget <laughs> yeah definitely budget as well can be a driving factor um i find that clients actually spend a bit more on, on bathrooms to be honest with you because they 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 use the bathroom all the time and like the sanitary wear you know the taps that sort of thing they my clients tend to want the better quality because then you know you are using it all the time and they want to be able to use it for years to come whereas say for example like a bedroom I don't know, like a side table, they're more like, okay, you know, I can spend less on that because I'm I'm not necessarily using it to the point where it, <laughs> it will like break. So I, I find that budgets normally people tend to set aside a bit more for the bathrooms, which is which is great. Do you know what that's so true? I've not even thought about that because if there is something that, that goes wrong with your bathroom, your shower breaks, your taps aren't giving you any water you're kind of in a bit of a sticky situation if your bedside table breaks it's like neither here nor there really exactly I find that clients tend to um think for example like the taps that you you use you're always using the taps you don't want then the tap to sort of then start you know you you go to those places and you get the taps which are a bit like broken you're like oh my goodness this tap's like dripping or like the handle's like a bit dodgy they they'd rather have like a better quality so it's not going to break and then for example like i know like your bidet or your toilet the actual pan that they would perhaps go for a, a cheaper price point because those things aren't necessarily going to break whereas if you're like your toilet seat it's going a bit more detail here but like your toilet seat that you want a better quality because like the, the worst thing is when the toilet seat you put it down and it's like wobbling and it's, it's like oh no it's just like not good quality so that those sorts of things that you're using co- constantly you're constantly touching I find that clients think okay yeah actually I'll, I'll, I'll put more of my budget into this yeah that's so true and off topic on topic toilet seats that are good are really hard to find yeah yeah <laughs> oh, do people still have b-days I mean I, I I've never been to someone's house with a b-day yeah so I've got clients who um my clients vary in, in age really but um I find that my older clientele, they do like a B-Day um, and they would use that actually. So, do you know those t- uh, Toto toilets, the ones which they have like this, they heat the seat, they spray out oh. the water, chat to you, all that sort of thing. So yeah, they, they're like the Japanese toilets, <laughs> yeah, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really expensive to install um, because you've got to get the electrics, the plumbing, and then you've got the toilet itself is super expensive. So sometimes when they're like, actually, <laughs> I didn't realise how quite how expensive it was they then go for the b-day and toilet separately right okay and how do you approach a layout is there like a formula we spoke to people um in our previous um series about having the right triangle kitchen layout is there the same theory for a bathroom um I don't necessarily follow any formula because I know obviously kitchens that's sort of almost quite known like the the triangle formula but for bathrooms I tend to make sure so when you walk in you don't want to immediately see a toilet because that's you know you don't you you just don't necessarily want to be seeing that straight off so it might be like say you have like a feature bath like a rolled up bath let's say in front of a window maybe that's what you want to see straight off perhaps you want to center it some people quite like symmetry so then that will then dictate like how best to lay out um, the bathroom some clients are really keen on storage in their bathroom all their toiletries sometimes they might have that more so in the bedroom but actually then they would rather have it in the bathroom like makeup that sort of thing 
if they didn't have like a dressing room. And then that sort of dictates actually where that storage is going to go. And then it dictates the layout. And then, for example, like showers, you don't want a shower um, to be in like a cramped place with a low ceiling height, because then you don't get the maximum height for your shower head. And you want to have a shower head high enough. So then you're going to you're going to have water, you know, spraying out at you evenly as opposed to like it's just above your head and, you know, you feel like you're compromised. So then that sort of dictates the layout itself. Yeah. And I guess things like plumbing, if you've already got plumbing in place and you can't move it. Yeah. Plumbing, plumbing to a certain extent, you can sort of rejig plumbing. But if you didn't want to then have the expense of then rejigging your plumbing, it's quite good to keep it in the same layout. Um, because then it's not as expensive to change the bathroom around. Whereas like, you know, if you're changing a bedroom into a bathroom, you then got to think, okay, I need to get plumbing into there. And then how am I going to get the water to drain away, soil waste to run away? And then that sort of dictates the layout as well. Yeah. And I suppose, like you say, if like going back to that functionality point at the beginning, do you want a bath and a shower or are they going to be separate? And maybe that would give you more of a layout. Yeah, for sure. It would. Um, so like, for example, if you had a smaller bathroom, you'd want a bath, probably and a shower together. Um, and then if you had, um, you know, the luxury of a bigger bathroom, you might want um, quite a large shower, maybe that is, um, you know, has two shower heads. And then you have like a, a bigger bath, um, which doesn't have any sort of shower on it at all. And um, that's just purely for, for, for bathing. And then that will then dictate the layout and also like the plumbing and that sort of thing. But like also plumbing can be tricky with, say, older buildings. The, you've got to think about the joists as well and which way the joists run. So when you start opening up a house and then you see how like the old building and that the way the joists run and then things that you didn't realise were there, then that can then change the layout of your bathroom. So you kind of need to be able to adapt and think how can I then run the water a different way or the, or the pipes a different way so then it actually still works. Yeah and I love that American kind of style of the shower over a roll top bath with mm. the kind of quite interesting shower curtain. We actually had to knock the small bathroom into a, a small bedroom because it we couldn't really fit anything in which meant we lost a bedroom but we gained a much bigger bathroom because I've re- I don't know how you feel about shower curtains and shower screens but I have a bit of an issue with them because they end up just getting really grubby so I wanted like a walk-in shower but yeah that kind of required us to lose a bit of space in the rest of the house yeah yeah I often so there's quite a lot of I find quite a lot of Victorian houses which have been extended for example if it's five bedrooms I find clients actually aren't too fussed about losing a bedroom to make it into a bathroom, to say make it into like a master en suite. And then therefore you can normally, because the bedrooms obviously they're bigger than a bathroom, you can then get that walk-in sort of shower experience and not have to have like a shower curtain. Because I find sometimes even like the shower curtain, if you've got the window open, then it starts blowing (laughs) and then it's like sticking to you. Oh my gosh, I've definitely had that before. Um, If space is an issue, what's your advice on like storage and saving space in a small bathroom? What tips and tricks have you got? So there's a case of where some houses have like these huge bathrooms and then in the same house, they've got really small bathrooms. So then those little ones, I try and 
incorporate storage still in them. So I would use like a mirror with a cabinet um, behind and incorporate the storage within a within a partition wall. So instead of building out the wall, just um, within the stud work of the actual partition, creating a um, piece of storage behind there and then having a mirror on top. And then also as well for like, say for like alcoves, you can create an alcove in a shower between the stud work of a partition wall and then you're not actually having to build out the wall. You can still get a decent depth to hold toiletries and that sort of thing. And then also compact sanitary wear as well. You know, it's not the best solution, but compact sanitary wear um, is really good because then you can fit, say, you know, a smaller toilet in there and then you can then perhaps um, fit like a 700 by 700 shower as well. And then you can also get like smaller shower heads as in, you know, instead of like the large, like, you know, like eight inch, 12 inch, you can get smaller ones, like six inch or four inch. And then then you're still creating the same experience, but it's just on a smaller scale. And then even vanity units as well. So, for example, you had a vanity unit and that has storage in it. So you could have that from, you know, from the countertop to the floor as opposed to floating. And then next to it, you could always have a toilet um, and it has a concealed cistern. And then on top of that, you just run the countertop all the way along. So then you've then got more counter space and then that adds more storage because then you could put like a really nice tray on there with toiletries or, you know, even like flowers or whatever. Um, and then that adds more character and then storage into a small space. Yeah, absolutely. I love those kind of um, mirrored cabinets. And I, I saw on your Instagram that you'd done such a really beautiful shape one over a double thing and I was like that is such a good idea and I'd not even thought about that until quite recently which um they're just so useful if you've got a new bathroom and it's pretty sterile how do you add character into that so I tend to approach um bathrooms as if they are just another room in the house so I tend to add the same sort of style from the other rooms into the bathroom so most of the projects I work on are not necessarily sterile in in appearance so like for example you can add curtains into the bathroom blinds I'd, I'd suggest pretty using an outdoor fabric so I, I tend to use this company called perennials and it doesn't get any mold it doesn't get sun damage or anything like that but then it adds like a really nice feature on a window um, so it's not sterile and then even you know materials as well so for example you could have um you know you could clad like a bath in like paneling um wood um you know you can you can use um different like stone as well you might want to add art into the space um which I wouldn't necessarily say put the most expensive piece of art in there because it might get damaged but like you could add like a print and you can add in color as well so there's like different ways that you can add little bits just so it doesn't become like this sterile place um and it's sort of just translates from like the rest of the the house into the into the bathroom i love what you said about thinking about it as just another room in your house in terms of the decoration and the accessories because i have seen quite a lot of furniture in bathrooms like a chair plants do you have to be careful with the with the type of material that you're using when putting furniture in there and plants well Plants wise, obviously, it just depends on the light, really. And what if, you know, if you've got a window, which is great, then then just make sure that the plants will adapt 
to that environment. And you can get bathroom plants as well, which love a lot of steam, um, which I use sometimes in projects. Um, ferns are really good for that, actually. Um, and they don't they don't actually mind shady um, spaces. And then um, furniture, you can get it like a piece of antique, which is completely wooden. You know, teak is great. And then that could work perfectly in a bathroom. Or if you wanted like an upholstered piece of furniture, I would suggest probably going for like an outdoor fabric on on the upholstery, just because if you're like a young family or even if yourself, you just want to sit down out of the bath and towel, then you'll get, you'll get the water in the sink into like, say, a linen or a cotton, whereas the outdoor fabric, the water just rolls off. Um, and then therefore you've got a lot more longevity um, of the actual piece of furniture. And you, you don't have to then worry about whether or not it's going to start to smell because it's, it's been wet. It, it's, it's not because it's, it's outdoor fabric um, has been used. So I would, I would try and think of that practicality behind it, but then also think of the style which which you can achieve and there's so like many materials as well that you can use in your bathroom in terms of tiles and marble tadlock micro cement the fabrics that you've talked about how do you even go about choosing and where do you where do you start because it's so overwhelming it is there is so there's so much choice and i and i find that clients base their decisions really on practicality i've got a lot of clients at the moment who more practical and conscious of um, maintenance. So that really dictates what materials I can then choose. But then if, if you're not so worried about that, then you can think, okay, marble, obviously people know that's something that you've got to maintain. Tadillac as well, you've got to maintain that as well. I used to have that in my bathroom and like it was a daily maintenance. You know, you've got, you've got limestone, porcelain, rocky wood, um, teak. There's, there's so many different materials that you can use. And I would suggest thinking how you're going to use the space, who uses the space, and then are you going to really maintain it? Do you want to maintain it? Do you have the time to maintain it? And what is, like, for example, is it a family bathroom? Are the, are the children potentially going to ruin your marble? Or maybe they're not. <laughs> then that kind of dictates like what materials you, you should go for and also budget as well. Um, so like porcelain is is a lot cheaper than say marble or limestone one because of the cost of the material and two the labor to install it so that needs to be thought about and then it, it kind of then helps you like refine what materials to go for and also like uh, aesthetics as well you might see things like such as um paneling that you quite like you might want to use a pine for paneling or you want to, might you want to use moisture resistant MDF, which is a cheaper price point for panelling. And whether you, you like a smooth finish or something with a grain, that all sort of dictates what, what materials to choose. There are so many options. Where is the best place do you think to go for inspiration that isn't a minefield? Because I, I love there's so many places that I look at and I think, wow, but then I get so overwhelmed with all of the ideas. Is there anywhere that you kind of go that might be a secret spot that we could look at? Well, I wouldn't say it's a secret spot. Um, I tend to, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe it is. I tend to go to like restaurants and like hotels and then I just say, oh, I'm thinking of staying here. Can I have a look around the bedrooms? And then I'm like, oh, your bathroom's quite nice as well. And then I and then I get sort of inspiration from that. Oh, my God. That's it. So you've literally, you're not staying there. You just go <laughs> and say, can I have a look? I, I might book a room here. 
Yeah. Tastes oh, it. my God, I love this. <laughs> a woman after my own heart. <laughs> I think it was one of them. Um, I probably shouldn't name names, but um, there was, like, a few I would, could never just afford to stay there at all. Um, it was, like, a couple of grand a night. And then I was like, this is really well designed. So uh, I wonder what their bedrooms and bathrooms look like. So I uh, I said I was thinking of staying, and then um, they showed me around. And they showed me around all, like, the great suites and bedrooms and bathrooms and got loads of inspiration. Oh, well, that is absolutely amazing and definitely a tip if I'm ever passing a really swanky hotel to go in and say can I have a look get my iPhone out we've talked a bit about antique furniture and like fittings do we need to be mindful when we're buying vintage hardware I'd say so um there's some antiques that like for example like you know you can go to the Pimlico Road and you'll get some really good quality antiques you you just got to be mindful of what you're buying and making sure that what you're buying is not going to break down on you. <laughs> like, for example, you can you can go to Captain Market, um, you know, get their crack of dawn and and then, you know, buy some things which aren't that expensive. But you just just make sure that they are of good quality. Um, and obviously, when you're in a bathroom, the wood is going to get gain moisture. So you just want to make sure that they're properly like sealed, like varnished and whatnot. So then it doesn't start so, sort of like disintegrating. Um, especially if you're, if you're say, is you've got a chair like right next to a bath, let's say, and it's getting splashed because then you don't want it to start to rot or anything like that. But then again, you know, you might not spend that too much on it. So then you might not be so concerned whether it does get a little bit damaged. And you, you, you know, the damage actually might actually be more attractive. So I would just be mindful and just do a bit of your research and of what to actually buy. I'm sure you've all seen on Instagram, but I have got vintage sanitary wear in my bathroom, apart from the toilet, which is new, and it's a Leroy Brooks one. And I would never buy vintage taps again. We have had so much trouble with the taps on the bath and the shower head leaking. So my top tip for anybody listening is buy new sanitary. Although the bath was vintage and it's great, but I'm sure you all saw me crane it through the window on Instagram. That was intense. I mean, I did go down the vintage sanitary route. I bought a really amazing bath from um, a guy called David who has a company called Original Baths. And we went down to see him. He's near Cornwall. And we bought this beautiful, beautiful bath. But we wanted the old taps to kind of match the bath. And we got, the bath was an absolute steal. It was like a really good price. And everywhere else, we kind of did some like beautiful, but more like inexpensive pieces. But th- these vintage hardware bits and pieces that we bought, were a really good price but the plug isn't a great plug because it, it's a vintage plug and it doesn't stop the water from seeping out and it's only a little bit but it does it does annoy me a bit and I think if I had my time again I would have bought the vintage bath absolutely but the taps as we talked about earlier and the plug I would have made sure that they were new I think I was I was definitely thinking about the aesthetic of the room rather than the functionality, but I didn't have two kids then either. So I wasn't really thinking about the kids constantly pulling out the vintage plug and then the water seeping out because the plug doesn't fit properly. Yeah, I find my clients wouldn't even entertain, unfortunately, um, vintage or antique sanitary wear. Really? No, which is really, which is a shame because obviously there's so much out there and so much you can reuse. They would, they'd more entertain um, furniture, so if we got like a vintage or an antique piece of furniture to put in the room or a mirror, something decorative as opposed to being used constantly, mainly is because of the practicality and, and 
a lot of people concerned about warranty as well. Like it's just just general day to day, um, you know, am I buying something that's going to last? Because <laughs> they just don't, they don't want to do it again. No, exactly. I can categorically tell everybody that there is no warranty with an eBay vintage tap. And we have had to have the plumber out a couple of times. So I feel like my big lesson to everybody listening is if you are thinking about vintage hardware, I would perhaps go with new and make sure that your bathroom is working um, and as functional as possible. Um, We've talked a lot about accessories and how to um, style a bathroom. If if you've got something that you want quite minimal and quite white and quite clean, how can you accessorize in a way that still feels quite chic and, and, and not too overstated and bold? Textures, I would say. You know, you could have, again, like on your windows, you could have like a a textured sheer or a textured curtain, which, you know, is not too overly um, ornate or anything like that. But it adds a little bit of interest to what would be a minimal room. Art as well. I put art in every bathroom. I find um, some clients are a bit confused as to why because they think actually it's going to get damaged. But then if you just put a print in, it's perfectly fine. And then you could add a little bit of interest to what would be quite minimal um, bathroom with your stone as well. So you might have like a herringbone stone, but it visually it's fairly minimal because it's all the same colour, but then you've got a little bit of interest of the pattern. Um, and then, you know, you could then have like white panelling as well, and you might run it vertically or even horizontal for something a little bit different. There's all sorts of ways, but I would more so say that the materials, like the different textures can add add a little bit of interest, which would um, make a mini- quite a minimal bathroom be a little bit more interesting. Yeah. You, you've mentioned artwork a couple of times. I, I love art in a bathroom. Do you think that you need a moisture-friendly frame or a special glass or an, anything like that? Or is it fine just to put what we do in the living room in the bathroom? I have an art advisor who helps out with like the main sort of art in the house. But then in bathrooms, I just tend to put prints in and just put in just like UV um, protective glass and then just like a a nice frame. So I'm not I'm not too precious about what art goes into bathrooms. Um, I wouldn't say put in like, you know, something like a 10 grand piece of art in the bathroom if you're worried it's going to get damaged because over time potentially water might get um, behind the glass but you can you can easily even just go on online and get picture frames which have um, acrylic or perspect at the front and then you can just change pieces of art you know even like postcards and like that and just to add a little bit of interest into the space which it really does make a difference I find. What are some of the key things that you feel like people need to consider when designing a bathroom or approaching a renovation from a practical point of view? So I find that clients, my, a lot of my clients have families. So if you're designing a family bathroom, think where is the family bathroom in relation to, say, the children's bedrooms? You might have a bath on the top floor, let's say, but in where there's a, the children are, is only a shower and is that practical then you might want to actually swap those bathrooms around or you might want to eat a little bit into another room to add in a bath let's say 
or to make it a bit bigger if you've got like a few children and you don't want a cramped bathroom and you think actually I could easily eat into the, the bedroom next door to make it a little bit bigger and more inviting. And then other like practical um, things I would say are drainage as well. Um, I'd say is a key factor, um, how you're going to drain away the water, whether or not you want a bath or a shower. And in, on top of that, like loft spaces, like people try and put in bathrooms into loft spaces and say you might be in a conservation area and you're not actually allowed a dormer, then you've got to think of your head height. Uh, I've got a, quite a lot of tall male clients, like six foot four and up. And they're like, I need my shower room on one of the lower floors otherwise I can't actually stand in the shower otherwise it's like hit my head so um there's there's just different ways and approaches to where to put bathrooms and what's practical or not so yeah so like whether or not perhaps to remove a bedroom in a larger house for example um it's like a, a lot of my clients tend to request for master on suites so then they would be more than happy to remove a bedroom if they can still gain like enough bedrooms for like resale, they're happy to do that um, because normally like a master on suite actually increases value. Is that and true? Then, yeah. Well, around here anyway, I'm in Richmond Hill and a lot of um, houses, like the bigger houses, they're just naturally that they're five bed or they've been extended to be a five bed. But then there's always like this one room that people don't really use and it's normally a smaller room. And then, if you have like an ensuite, like a master ensuite, you can then turn it into like a master ensuite dressing room. <laughs> so then, then it adds value because then you've still got four decent sized bedrooms. So I find that clients do that quite a lot. There's always the option of asking an estate agent if you're worried. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? We all, I'm sure, want to, if we can, make our bathroom as big as possible because it does get a lot of footfall. We use it daily, like multiple times a day. And we want it to be, a, you know, if, if we can, a, an, an inviting and, and comfortable space. If you do have the luxury of a big bathroom, how do you make it feel cosy? Again, it goes to, um, I'd say, adding furniture. Add, like, make it into feel, feel like another room. Like, you could almost make your bathroom feel like, you know, somewhere you'd want to go and lounge in. Um, so you can add, like, you know, a chair, side table, again, thinking about like the windows if you've got like large windows then adding like drapery um perhaps having like them puddling onto the floor you might want to um again add some art you then think about like the materials as well like there's there's different ways to make it feel a bit more cozy and more like homely um you might have also the luxury as well because i i don't tend to use too much wood in bathrooms again just clients request really but if you had a larger bathroom you could lay wooden floor and then like say like around the bath or the shower you could have stone which then goes a little bit beyond the shower so it's not splashing the wood and then that adds a little bit more interest into the room so then it doesn't feel quite so so vast so there's the different there's different ways that you could make it feel more inviting but I'd definitely say soft furnishings really help. I love the thought of a curtain in the bathroom that just feels quite posh and indulgent oh, really? but I yeah I love the sound of it finally I wanted to ask you have you got any kind of shops that you like to buy bathroom bits and pieces from you know of, of like a range of budgets because I feel like that for me was when I was looking for you know taps 
I, I, I kind of just fell on, you know, the victorianplumbing.co.uk kind of vibe. So is there anywhere that you can kind of recommend that's a kind of an interior designer, little black book places? They're pretty known, to be fair. Um, I like using people for their quality and customer service. So Catchpon Rye, they're great. They're a little bit more expensive. Um, I use West One Bathrooms quite a lot. Again, um, they've got really good customer service and they've got a whole range of like price points that they can go to with their suppliers. I also, who else do I use? Crosswater. Um, they're not too expensive as well um, and they're good quality. So those are sort of like the, the go-to places I, I would use. Um, Leftroy Brooks, actually, they're really good. And as far as I'm aware, they're British made. Um, they come in like loads of different finishes and they're really good quality. They're, they're a little bit more above Crosswater, but they're cheaper than Catchpon Rye. I tend to use the 1900 Classic range quite a lot and it's like a beautiful classic sort of Victorian inspired range. And again, they're really good quality. And I would I would definitely use those time and time again. Okay, so if you're embarking on a full bathroom renovation and you're about to tear down some walls, just wait until you've listened to my chat with Neggy before you get the sledgehammer out. As I said earlier, Neggy's house is a Victorian terrace that was in need of a refresh. I will go into that shortly. But I think what's going to be particularly interesting to you is that the whole thing she did on a budget and she managed it all herself while holding down a full-time, very important full-time job as a surgeon. So how did Neggy make sure that her budget didn't mean that she had to compromise on beauty or style or design? And how did she choose the perfect layout for her? And also, why did she decide to go on holiday when the bathroom fitters were in? So firstly, tell us about your house and your renovation. When did you move in and what was the state of the house when you got there? Right, so in 2017, we decided we were going to buy a house we viewed this house and we viewed it once and then we bought it <laughs> and we didn't view it again and we didn't really do any research about the house but the location was so fantastic we were like okay it probably needs a lick of paint it'll be fine and uh, you know I'd seen my parents do DIY growing up so so I was like now it'll be fine just need some wallpapering some paint it'll be fine so then um, my other half came, because I was living in Birmingham at the time, so he came back and viewed it one more time, and he said, you know what, I think it needs a little bit more than a lick of paint, just so you know. And I was like, don't worry, we'll work it out. And then we moved in, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, <laughs> every single room needs replastering. And I had no experience in, you know, old houses. I didn't realize that that the plaster would come off the walls when we ripped off the wood chip wallpaper. I didn't realize that the guy, the guy that lived here before, the old man, he was an antique dealer. So he had lots of pretty furniture and that covered all the walls. So I didn't realize that, you know, he was a heavy smoker. Every room was yellow. It was awful, but no. So it was, it was definitely a project that I didn't anticipate, but I was very happy to do once we got it. So long story short, 2017, we bought the house. Do you think if you had known how much work it was going to be, would you have still bought it? Probably yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, That's because I, 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 I'm the kind of person that can't deal with having a house or having anything that someone's, someone's done for me. I have to do it myself and I have to do it my way exactly. So I probably would have done it anyway. And, and you know, compared to lots of people that, that do big extensions, actually, although... We, had, we did a lot of work. It wasn't quite so big 
um, as many other people do. Okay, so let's talk about your bathroom. What was that like when you got the house? So surprisingly, the bathroom was actually one of the best rooms when we bought the house in a way that they'd they'd probably done it up in the 90s. Um, so it had decent plaster uh, and it was kind of white, so it wasn't too offensive. But it had, you know, like the liner floors and and so it definitely needed an upgrade and a big cupboard where there was a big old style boiler. Um, so it definitely needed an upgrade, but it wasn't too bad compared to the rest of the house. So how long did you live with the bathroom like that? Because that's sometimes a bit tricky, isn't it? Because if the plumbing's in working order, if it's functioning, but you just don't like the look of it, that's sometimes the project that takes the longest. Yeah, exactly. And we just prioritised it fairly low in terms of we can live with this for a while and we want to save up to do it properly, as in get the get the layout and get the bits that we want. Um, so we were like, okay, let's just, you know, wait, do the kitchen, you know, slowly accumulate things for the bathroom and then go for it. Um, so we lived with it for about two years, I want to say, before we um, renovated it. And was that the last room that you did in the house? It's difficult to remember because I've redone so many rooms. <laughs> that, <laughs> but, I can't, but I think it was the last big renovation we did. Mm. Yeah. And do you have one or two bathrooms? I'm just thinking when you did start the process, which we'll get to, um, did you have anywhere else to kind of bathe and go to the loo? No, <laughs> we didn't. And apart from the gym, we, um, we didn't have anywhere else to bathe. And we did sort of play with the idea of getting a toilet in, um, under the stairs before we did that. But, but for various reasons, we couldn't do that. So we, we just had to live with it and we, ma- we managed somehow but um, we we did decide to go away for the first few days, which is when the big when the demolition happened, and before they installed a new loo, we went away for about a week, and so so they got the major things sorted. But when we got back, we still didn't have a working shower, so we had to just kind of go to the gym every day, oh <laughs> just my to God. shower, not to exercise. Oh my God, I love that. Yeah, I'm not here to lift any weights. I'm just here to use your uh, to use your body wash. Um, so hang on, demolition. What did you do in terms of big structural work in the bathroom? Yeah, so the layout of the bathroom um, just didn't work uh, because we wanted a proper walk-in shower and a standalone bath, a freestanding bath, it's, it's called even. And that big cupboard where the boiler was had to go to make room for that so we we kind of had to jiggle everything around and, and for some reason where the window is which is like the nicest point you know when you lie in a bath and you look out the window there was a loo there so although it's probably nice to sit on the loo and look out the window as well we wanted the bathtub there so so everything kind of had to be moved around and once they started chipping off the um previous tiles we realized actually the plaster had to go as well so basically it was a blank canvas with back to brick essentially okay so how did you decide the new layout did you look for inspiration or because there's people you know we talk about that kind of triangle within a kitchen of you think should be you know near your cooker and your dishwasher and your fridge and all that kind of stuff it was there any kind of rules that you followed or was it just about how you wanted for your bathroom to be yeah so first of all um I got some inspiration from my next door neighbor because they'd done the same thing where they'd moved the tub right to the end of the, the little bathroom. 
Uh, and there were a couple of people on Instagram that had done similar things. So I thought, okay, that's a good layout. Um, so when you come into the bathroom, the first thing you see at the end is a nice big clawfoot tub. And then in terms of how to put everything around, I did uh, kind of map it out both virtually. Most bathroom stores have a planning tool that you can use. So I did that virtually as well as in, in real life. I kind of put tape on the floor to just sort of get an idea of is everything spaced out enough to get you know, be able to go from the toilet to the sink or being, have enough space between the toilet and the tub to be able to get a little cupboard in where we can put our um, bed linen and towels. So yeah, I did a bit of planning virtually myself, just basically drawing it out, seeing what works. That is such a good idea, doing them both. I think sometimes it depends kind of what brain that you've got, but actually having the virtual and the masking tape on the floor and like drawing it all out, just makes so much sense because maybe on the when you do your virtual drawing, you think, oh, there might not be enough room to get walk around the toilet. But then when you put it in real life, you're a bit like, ah, oh, actually, I can physically move around this. It's it's going to be fine. So yeah, I'd never thought about putting so much emphasis on making sure that you get that right. I think that's a really good top tip for people. It sounds like going on holiday could have been a bit risky to do when you were doing the bathroom because did you not want to be there to oversee it did you have really trusted builders that you'd use on uh, the rest of the house how did that come about so uh no we didn't have trusted builders <laughs> I'd never <laughs> used them before and I would say they're probably a little bit dodgy because I don't know about the the workmanship some of the things they did was a bit iffy to say the least I will get get onto that in a bit but what I the way I saw it was well you know, you can't really go wrong. I've given you really, really clear instructions um, in terms of where everything should go. Whether I'm here or not probably won't make a huge difference. And I had a friend coming over to, uh, a really good friend actually, who's coming over to look after the cats as well. So he would send me pictures and updates. And then if, if there was anything that looked a bit iffy, I would get back to the builder and say, listen, this isn't quite right. Can you make sure... And in credit to the builders, they did actually message me pictures of the tile saying, is this the way you want? Because we have a patterned floor. So he messaged me saying, is this how you want the pattern? Because that could have gone really wrong. And I really should have thought about that. But, uh, but you know, he did check in with me and ask me. But by the time we got back from, from holiday, they were still nowhere near finishing anyway. So, so although we had a toilet and kind of running water, we, still, we were still able to influence and make sure everything was fine. It's just that the major demolition we managed to sort of get out of that I have heard so many horror stories of people not telling their builders which way the tiles or the wallpaper with the wallpaper fitter goes and because they think it's quite obvious because maybe we as a as a customer have looked at it quite a lot of times and and they've laid the tiles the wrong way or the wallpaper the wrong Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Never assume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, never assume that people know. I think literally spell it out. Did you have any major issues when you were getting it fitted? We didn't have any major issues with the way they fitted things, although I can still sort of see on the wall there's a they haven't quite done the tiles symmetrically, but that's okay. I can live with that. It's it's actually the wall tiles, so you don't notice it that badly. And and you know we have a little bit of an issue with a leaking bath tap, but all of this stuff I could I could have fixed by now, but I haven't. But what what they did actually do is they managed to cut our electrical cables for our kitchen. So I don't know how they managed to do that. So we had to get the the kitchen lights rewired. Obviously, that caused 
uh, massive upheaval in our in our kitchen, and then we had to get that replastered. As in, I replastered it myself, but but uh, we had to get that done. So all of that was a bit of a hassle. But in terms of sticking to the plan, they managed to do that. I do love the idea of going on holiday when you're doing something like a kitchen or a bathroom renovation, because obviously these are rooms that you need to use. However, from experience, I think being on site and managing the build day to day is really important. You forget that you really do need to give the builders all of the details. They are not mind readers. Once I asked the builder to put the light switch where he thought was most appropriate and he put it in the middle of the wall. So let that be a lesson to us all. So you were kind of your own interior designer on this project. What was your inspiration? You talked about Instagram a little bit. And then how did you kind of mood board in terms of finding the right tiles and the bath and the taps and the colors of things? Like, what was that process like? Yeah, so I wanted something that would fit the house. And obviously, it's a Victorian house um, with really tall ceilings. And with how tall the ceilings were, you were able to do something to draw your attention to the floor. So we really wanted a feature floor. So for me, that was the number one thing. I wanted a feature floor that that could be something like a wow factor, really. Um, and that was that was sort of how, and I based the rest of the design based around the tile. So I knew I wanted black and white tiles, uh, and then I went from there. And when I was Coming up with the floor, I sort of had a had two choices. One was a porcelain tile that was fairly cheap, and then there was the cement tiles that I ended up choosing. Uh, and it was actually my my other half for once that decided to splurge, and he said, "No, no, no, I want the cement tiles." So so that was our big splurge, and then we sort of designed everything based on that. So I had a feeling that brass would go really well and it fit the um, the age of the house and. Uh, it kind of gave gave the whole thing the black and white theme. It gave it a nice warmth as well. So I wanted to introduce some warmth, and that's why I brought in the brass and the wood in the vanity unit. So it's all about getting the right balance when you when you're sort of designing a bathroom or any room really. And did you have to get everything to the house for when the guys started? So you had to make sure that everything was on site and you know just to hand for them. So everything wasn't quite on site, but it was sort of arriving as they were going along. Some of the things I I knew what they needed early, I got that on site. And then the builder would would tell me, oh, I need the shower tray by day five or whatever. So so we got it all in time, even though they ended up taking a lot longer and not using it on day five. We got it there by day five. But I'd I'd researched and got everything ready to buy by the time we did the bathroom. So it was all a matter of just getting it one by one and getting it delivered. And some of the things I got up to a year or so in advance that I had in my house already in preparation for the bathroom. Let's talk about budget because you've openly spoke on Instagram about the full budget for your bathroom. So how much was your budget and did you go over it? Did you amend it at any time? Yeah, so we we didn't sit down and write a budget or decide on a budget we sort of want to try and get everything done to what the standard we wanted but as cheap as possible so I would try and research every alternative to see if there's a cheaper option available um, and then we had to sort of decide where to like it like with the tiles where to save where to splurge obviously I knew I didn't want to spend too much so our ceiling was probably ten thousand pounds 
because uh, we didn't want to take out any loans or anything like that. But we ended up spending less than that. And that was including all the labor. So the way we thought about it was, well, half of it's going to be labor. So we actually managed to get all the labor done for £4,000. And then everything else was made up with the items that we got for the bathroom, the fixtures. And with the labor, we did shop around. Uh, and we chose the cheapest guy, really, who had he had a couple of reviews and they were all good. Obviously, we chose the cheap, cheapest guy. We had a couple of problems, but in the end of the day, it worked out OK. And we haven't had any major hiccups since then. Um, so in terms of choosing a budget, I just chose a budget that because when you when you talk about a budget, a budget can mean different things to different people. You know, in the end of the day, we wanted to do this properly because we're going to live in this house for five or plus years. And we've already lived it for five years. We could have just painted the tiles, painted the walls, done minor things to make it look good. But we wanted a full renovation. And for that, you have to spend quite a lot of money. So for us, the £8,000 was worth it. Was the plumbing probably the most expensive thing? Because you talked about moving all of that around. Was that where quite a lot of that cost went? So, So it would have been cheaper if we kept everything in the same place. If we didn't put a separate shower and a tub, um, if we didn't retile or replaster the walls, it would have, of course, been cheaper. But since this was a complete renovation, we felt, well, why why do a complete renovation and and you know keep the toilet in a position where it didn't work for us or not have a walk-in shower? So we wanted it to include these specific things like a walk-in shower, uh, and it just had to. We just had to pay for it, really. <laughs> What were the things that you felt like you did save some money on and you're kind of really proud of that saving? So I was really proud of the wall tiles um, because they were probably like, I can't even remember, like two pounds a square meter, something ridiculously cheap like that. And I was really proud of how, you know, I managed to get all of our fixtures from a fairly cheap company um, called Victoria Plumbing. And, you know, I Googled all the discount codes I could find. I bought it in two separate purchases. So I could use two discount codes. You know, try to get any any money off would be great. Even though, you know, five years down the line, the 50 quid that we've saved probably didn't do that much of a difference. I was really proud of the shower, the bath, the taps, the shower, the whole set. We got them off eBay. And I found a bath shower that was over a thousand pounds. And then this particular one that I bought was about 200 pounds. And it looks great to me. And the tub was probably one of my favorite purchases because it was it was on for about five hundred pounds. It's an acrylic tub with cast iron feet, and it was on for about five six hundred pounds. But then I waited to the Boxing Day sales a year before we did the bathroom renovation, and I bought it. Uh, it was from the bath store or something like that, and I bought it for about one hundred fifty or two hundred pounds, and. Then it sat in my kitchen, in the end of my kitchen, for about a year and a half. <laughs> and uh, and it just sat there. Uh, the cats used it as a, as a playground. And then before the bathroom installation, I, I painted it myself. I sanded it and painted it myself to make it look more sort of fully cast iron. So that was probably my, my most cherished bargain. <laughs> that is amazing. And do you know what? Again and again on this podcast, we keep hearing people say, we knew we wanted to do this room. We purchased something in the sale. We had it for a year or two years. And we made such a great saving just by buying it in the sale and just having it in the house and where if you've got the space. So I just, yeah, I think that's such a great top tip. And I love that you sanded and painted it yourself to kind of make it more bespoke. 
Yeah, I did look at different options for it, and and it just seemed so easy to sand and paint on, and I did it, and I'm so happy because it's lasted really well. Do you have to use a particular type of paint for the bath? So I use outdoor paint for it. Now, when I've had a little bit more experience, you don't have to use a specific kind of paint. The, you can't use emulsion. You can pretty much, you can't just use normal wall emulsion, but you can use pretty much any paint. I use French chic paint, which is from the, from the outdoor section. As long as you do the, prep the base properly, sand it, use sugar soap, but then you can pretty much use any paint. Um, and if you use any sort of top coat on it, it will last forever. Amazing. And where were your um, like more unconventional places to source fixtures and fittings from? Well, what, one of my favorite items in the bathroom right now is a cupboard that was left behind from the previous owners. And it was probably a random Argos um, cupboard that was probably, they probably bought it for like 20 quid or something like that. So it was really, you know, really cheap looking. But I cut out the middle and put in some cane webbing and painted it beige. And that's probably my, my most unconventional but favorite cupboard in the bathroom. But yeah, I got a lot of my things from, from Amazon and eBay. You'd be surprised what you can find there. Like I bought a little basket for all of our shower items, like soaps and shampoos off Amazon. I think it's just like having that time, isn't it? To just invest in the research because when you do, you you find such amazing things. Yeah, it just it's just, you have to have an idea in your head what you want. I think that's the most important thing. And then you can start looking for it. And, and if you start Googling things, you just end up finding exactly what you want, but it might take some time. Is there anything that you would have done differently if you were doing the bathroom again? I, in hindsight, probably would have liked to have some, rather than having tiles all the way around, I've got these square metro tiles. Um, something like panelling would probably be something I would choose to do now because it's something that you can easily change. You know, if you get, get a bit bored of your paneling color, you can just paint it. And being a person that gets bored of, you know, room interiors quite quickly, it would be nice to be able to do it up now and again. So, so paneling is something I would have loved to have in my bathroom. But at the time, because I was still kind of new in the renovation game, I didn't really, I, I didn't realize I probably could have done it myself. So if I could do it again, I would probably not ask them to tile all the way around. I would panel it and I would probably repaint it once or twice a year. <laughs> a huge thanks again to Wix for sponsoring the podcast. And remember to visit wix.co.uk for all your DIY needs. Thank you so much for listening. I am so excited to be back for season two with you all. Um, I'm going to be back next week with an episode all about flooring. So from new carpets to tiles and even maintaining original flooring. You're going to be making practical and pretty choices by the end of that episode. For more interiors inspo, make sure that you check out our Instagram page, which is at So How Do You Podcast and all of our other episodes as they tie in so nicely together. And of course, if you are a new listener, head back to season one and have a listen. The last thing for me to say is I'm Laura Jackson and that's how you do your bathroom.